Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode two, 622. Got some great stories. I've got a great panel. I'm going to let the panel quickly introduce themselves and then we'll be off. But before I do that, I want to dedicate this podcast to all the servicemen of America and the UK that have served in Afghanistan. Um, I know what has happened is painful for you and your your years of service there might have seemed bootless. Those of you that have come back scarred, crippled, physically or mentally, this must be a bitter week for you. I just want to say that your service, some of us appreciate your service, and it wasn't your fault. You, it was lions led by donkeys um you did your duty you i salute your service right so let's the panel let them introduce themselves um spencer would you like to quickly introduce yourself sure it's spence from wplaunchify.com and andrew would you like to introduce yourself Yes, Andrew Palmer from gridpain.com. Yes, he's having his yogurt. Sorry, Heather, I was being a bit rude. Ladies first, normally. Um, Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm just one of the guys. Uh, I am Heather Wild-Renzi, uh, Digital Solutions Lead at The Difference. Oh, you're definitely not one of the guys, Heather. Uh, um, uh, Tom, Tom, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. Tom Finelli, CEO and founder of Kinvesio. Yes, uh, a friend of the show indeed so let's go into um obviously i've got to also talk about my great sponsor um that's castius um castos get it right jonathan wake up jonathan uh um they're basically i host the wp tonic podcast on their platform i've been using it now for over six months it was a fantastic choice i paid for it out of my own money um, I had discussions with the founder and also Matt Medeas of the Matt Report that has become their director of sales and customer experience. They came on board as my major host. I've just been blown away with their platform, their service, and how easy it is to use. If you're considering getting into podcasting yourself or for your clients, you really deserve to go over and have a look at their platform and they've got a fantastic offer for you the tribe if you go over to wp tonic backslash newsletters they're offering the first six months at a 50 percent discount and it's only offered exclusively to the wp tonic tribe so go over there take advantage of that amazingly generous offer um, you're just going to be blown away by their product. So on to the first story. WordPress org experiments with rejecting plugins. Oh God. It's a tavern title. I'm sorry. A WordPress 
experiments rejecting plug-in submissions with WP prefix, Morgana potential trademark abuse. What did you think of this, Uncle Spencer? This one, I'm going to try to be, maintain diplomacy here. Because no, that's why you're not you're not on this show to retain. Let, let, let's first, let's <laughs> maybe some of you know better, but like first of all, let's see if we can sort out: is this real or is this like an onion story? Yeah, because I couldn't even work that one out. There, there was really conversation about a potentially not being a hundred percent true story. Have we sorted out? Is this valid? Anybody? Yes. I I do know because I've researched it because I thought it was a bit strange. And WP is not trademarked in any way. What what about have you researched whether they legitimately did this and published this and said this stuff about using WP dash as a... No, they didn't publish it. That's the whole point. They just started an experiment about it. And then this guy, whatever his name was, went to them and said, why can't I use WP dash? And they, That's what I'm saying. Is there is there a validation on the fact that if somebody there tried is. to say WP dash, will they block you? That's the question no, I'm asking. Yes, they won't block you, but they won't let you name your plugin. No, they, they tried it on me, Andrew. They they lent on me a little bit, um, not because of my remarks about the great leader that went down like a bucket of sick. <laughs> uh, um, so they they they, yes. they got a bit funny, and I told them to go okay, and fuck so off. I told him to fuck off, basically. Uh, um, Let's put this into context. Let me come back to my point. Because, like, I needed to conditional my responses on the premise for now that they're actually saying no new companies, no new products can be prefixed with WP. And I'm speaking with my attorney hat on here, let alone my entrepreneur hat. Um, That's completely wrong, illegal, and outside the scope of what they're allowed to do. But it's more demonstrative of the breaks in logic with how they run their organizations. And I say organizations because they're also playing this Mickey Mouse game of pretending that they're acting as automatic. And then there's the WordPress Foundation that, you know, this whole shell game of things that the community is not unclear about what's really happening. And there was actually some comments on this one, which alluded to things that I'm involved in, which are that there should be a separate group of people organized as an organization of some kind that controls what happens with plugins and the directory and and repository and so forth, because it's not legal for you to claim trademark on something that you don't have a trademark and then use it as the justification to block submission of legally named. They, They weren't. They weren't. They're saying if you think WP, WP, you can then change the name to WordPress, which is a trademark. That's what they're saying. If you use WP, you can then go in and change it to change your plugin name to WordPress. So that's I don't understand. I'm trying to find you. You're saying they're going to allow a plugin called WordPress launchifiers. They're not. The only there's only there's WordPress dash SEO, and guess who that's owned by? That's by by Yoast, and they're that Yoast. Yeah, I don't know if you. I don't know if it's me, Andrew, but there seems to be a little bit of an echo on your sound. Probably is because I'm I'm reading what Mika Epstein wrote. She said using WP Dash at the beginning of plugin permalinks. Yes, due to how we built this out, the display name is what gets checked and flagged. You can use WP plugin name, no space, and plugin name. So they're saying if you use WP Dash, yeah, that that is what they're searching for, except if it's from automatic. And what I'm yeah. saying is that's not 
that's not that's proper legal behavior. That is yeah. essentially the definition of something that is predatory or uh, monopolistic or giving an advantage to one party over another, even if it's in a free repository. Here's why. Because of the fact that WordPress has claimed trademark over the name WordPress, and you can't name anything in the name WordPress, Nobody's going to start prefacing, prefacing things WL or WO or it, it, there's no other good thing to put in front of it. And it's not correct to say that we could just do this as an experiment, but then they give themselves an exception because that reveals that clearly WP is valuable enough to make an exception for themselves. And this, this boggles my mind because it's sort of like thumbs in the eyes of everybody who would otherwise be a supporter of them that even they can't find a reason that this would be justifiable other than just, it just shows you the marketing advantage it just shows you their mentality really over to you tom what did you think of this well this goes back to three years ago my first company name for convesio was had wp in it and i got advised by multiple people to not hitch my wagon to the wp thing because that is gonna become some sort of trademark issue, conflict, or something in the future. And so I think this is a bit of a trial balloon for these guys. I think it's indicative of the direction that they're going. And I think when Automatic goes public and there's a lot more lawyers involved, a lot more, you know, product people, marketing people, there's going to be at least some desire to want to pursue limiting the use of WP because it really has become something that's... You're you're, you're the expert on this, Spencer. What's their bloody chances of doing this? Here's the thing that's cool about this. I'm I'm not a specialist in this area, but I can tell you from general corporate law or contract law or copyright law that you can't, after the fact, take things that have been in popular use and then claim them as your own. It's the law of precedence. It's the law of precedence. Huh? It's the law of precedence. Well, it's not just precedence. It's the fact that the, the whole purpose of copyright, trademark law, and so forth is to avoid confusing the public. If you've allowed, or in this case, promoted the use of WP, <laughs> and now 15 years later want to claim trademark, too fucking bad. It's too late. They they got their way with WordPress. They made very clear that it's it's about precedent because there's an un reasonable detrimental reliance by every single person in the ecosystem on using WP as a way to mitigate not using WordPress, but yet still let people understand the software works on your goddamn platform. So I agree when Tom said they're floating a trial balloon, because yes, there's a bunch of jackasses out there in the law field who go and do this kind of stuff as a matter of course. Let's put politics too. Let's push the envelope. Let's see what happens. Let's see what kind of response we get. And then they hand it down to poor Mika, who just barely got over her last traumatic event. And now she has to put her name on this thing. She's going to now be attacked by all the makers. But like, come on, you're, you're right now about to release a plugin and you, you can't come up with a clever name because like I was joking last time, it's really hard to something that you can say, see, remember. So you go WP tonic, WP blah, blah, blah. And now they go, oh, sorry. Yeah, they got funny. They, they've got funny with me. Are you, are you, I'm not going to go into detail online. There's, there's, there's a million, just, w, I, there's I a million WP plugins. This is yeah. not something that's going to have any benefit to them that they could use as justification for saying, 
well, we're not going to allow the public to be confused anymore because there's 29 million plugins already named WP something. Okay, okay. I got a question, Spencer, since I get free legal advice on this show. Sure. Uh, so hold on. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> okay, so, so here's my like timer. All right. Yes, I, I think you're right on they can't stop you, this, that, and the other. But can they prohibit or decide to prohibit from listing these things in the repository? Because that's the real question. Until somebody sues them. Okay. Because, you know, Wix is very restrictive. Like, they're like, yeah. no, you can't even list your product because it's competitive to us. So, like, they, they've got, you know, really strict guidelines. And if they want to. Sorry to interrupt, Tom. This is the crux of the matter. We're talking about WordPress.org here. We're not talking about automatic. And this is the whole frigging problem from top to bottom. You, you You just got it in one, Tom. This is the whole frigging mess. That the great leader—it's well, not—it's not, it's not an unintentional bird. one, though. That's Tom's point, and that's what I'm justifying. Is I agree. You say flow to trial balloon. I'm saying they're inching in to try to take ground. This is like a military strategy. We'll just keep inching and inching and inching, and only people who can afford to sue us are going to stop us. Because if they sort of make it difficult, people will get frustrated and they'll just stop submitting. Right, and these these plugin folks that have a thousand customers aren't going to try and go up against automatic. I'm already in. Not you know, I got mine. You know, so the only one who's going to stop them is somebody who has not got a plugin in, or to be honest, attention, attention, all class action lawyers, attention. There is a hot special on aisle three for a class action against automatic, uh, because that is who will take this on. There will be a class action attorney who will take this on and sue the pants off of them. And they'll win because they have a financial incentive to go up against them. But before they actually lose the case, they will settle the case because they're, it's a test, right? Like you inch forward and then there's strong resistance. You inch backwards and retreat. And that's I what think we're right on the front lines of the resistance right now, Jonathan. I, I mean, I know you didn't probably plan it this way, but this is, Show is I'm right just about. I'm line. just about to submit a plug into the directory. <laughs> I, I mean, it does. I got, I it, ca- it causes you to think about it, like you just said, right? Uh, I have a plugin. This WP Launch. Well, WP Launchify is a brand, but like I have Launch Flows. If you were going to make a new plugin today, you'd think like Tom's advice that he received years ago is like, do I need this aggravation? I might as well come up with some other name for it. And, you know, Vito's got Adarim and all these other things we talked about. It may be harder to get the brand recognition or understanding of what it does, but why get yourself into that whole mess when right now they're churning the waters? And that's their intention. That's the point. That's why they do this stuff. There's a person whose whole job is on their legal team to create this kind of like, let's claw forward and get as much as we can because that's going to raise the value of, uh, you know, this company. What do you reckon, Heather? I mean, I think it all comes down to they're trying to uh, eliminate, I mean, forget all the trademark stuff. And I know that that's what this is all about. But like, if they had just said, we're trying to eliminate tacit, uh, like confusion of tacit endorsement uh, in the minds of the consumer, then uh, that might have been a better way to go about it. Because like anything that starts with WP, like from a buyer perspective, like they would think, well, this is made by 
the WordPress people, not by an individual. No matter what you say, no matter like how many times it will appear, like how many, how many times it says, well, Spencer developed this, Jonathan developed this, Tom developed this, Andrew developed this. Like if it says WP on there, people are going to logically assume uh, that it was made by the, the WordPress people. So I think in general, like that's what they would argue. That's why they want well, to you, that. you are right, but that's that's the whole point, Heather. You just said it, WP people. That isn't automatic. That's the whole community. That but you just a, got the you just got the no, you just I, I I understand that, but there is a company behind that that has has trademarked this, has has created yeah, trademark WordPress, but not WP, Heather. But well, I you know, Heather's got a really interesting point here, which is, and this is something that I've I've tr- I'm sure there's examples, but I just can't think of a really good one where there's a lot of commercial companies mm-hmm. who start commercial and then go open source. Automatic really WordPress started open source and the presence was so massive in the open source community that as they become more and more commercial driven, right? Again, heading towards IPO, recent valuation, seven and a half billion dollars, there's gonna be some friction against some of that open source community, I think. And so I don't know if there's a a playbook for this has happened before. You know, I know Microsoft went the other way, right? All commercial, then open sourced. And there's smaller examples of open source companies have been bought by commercial companies. But this is the biggest environment and ecosystem of open source people contributing. And they're running up now against this massive, like, decacorn company. Uh, What's going to happen? You know, I don't know. But Automatic don't own WordPress. They're acting like they do. Hey, Andrew, I heard this great quote. Don't let your facts get in the way of my good story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is like like Tony Soprano or some of the other mafia guys, like, you know, the classic. They never, ever get caught telling to not whack somebody, you know, to whack somebody. They, They always have somebody that they talk to on a pay phone or whisper things and the other person does it. That's their plausible denial. Automatic is just doing the same goddamn thing here, working through the WordPress organization or whatever foundation. And the way that they're acting with Jetpack is the same way. It's so clear what's happening. But what's ironic to me is if they would own it, if they would just come out and say it, I think people would embrace it because it would be like, we now know who we're dealing with. But well, the what fact makes that me laugh, pretending what makes, that they're not. What makes me laugh, Spencer, is having you on the show. There's certain voices that have approached me. Have you, you have, they, they never liked Malton on the show. It used to piss them off every time Malton came on the show. <laughs> and you have upset them even more. You have literally put a electrical prod up their backside and you're as as popular as a dose of pox with them basically uh um, so i miss morton by the way because morton always i always felt like morton brought a certain insider sensibility i'm on the outside i just get my whispers from my you know my sources but like morton truly knew i think that's why he was more dangerous 
to revealing what the emperor is doing or what the the, the, yeah. the wizard of oz is doing but you uh, you are you have become less popular than even Maudson with certain people well, in like automatic Robin, maybe to the yeah, to the insiders at automatic maybe but not even for their employees because i've had the pleasure of speaking with several ex employees of automatic of the 398 open job slots and they say that it's being run like a carnival and it's ironic because they just invested uh they just got another round of capital and it's it's like if they would just be honest like let's say our friend jeff bezos jeff bezos does not pretend for one second not to be dr evil and at least you can respect the fact that you know who he is you know what he's going to do here they're pretending like they're benefiting people from these actions when it's so clear they're not. And if they would just say it, at least then we'd be clear about what what's to be expected. Right. On to the on to the next story. Facebook, no Twitter, yes. Which tech firm lets the tower bad? Those gorgeous people, sweethearted, love love lovelies, the Taliban post. What did you think of this one, Heather? Well, I mean, I understand why this time Facebook was just like blanket saying, nope, Taliban people not going to post. We we fell into this trap before. Um, I also understand why. uh, I mean, and they're not even allowing you to post like anything. Like if it says Taliban, like they're just like, nope, not anything. Um, But whereas Twitter, like Twitter has shown itself to be the voice of the people around the world. So um, I, I think... It was completely on brand for Twitter to allow the posts to to go out because they didn't want to risk people on the ground in Kabul uh, being lost uh, out there. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think in this case, uh, Facebook. Was it's quite like, handy. It's quite handy to do a total runner, but leave fifteen thousand of your freaking citizens to just try and get out the best way they can, isn't it? That's well planned, isn't it? Ever. Well, I don't expect an answer from you because that's a, I was being unfair to put that question to well, you. at least the U.S. Foreign uh, <laughs> Secretary didn't go on holiday during this and didn't want to interrupt his holiday. Oh, your oh, holiday, your holiday's going to come first. his holiday. Didn't well, even answer holiday, the call. Your holiday comes first, doesn't it? You know. Well, there. I mean, all of the military around the world are working very hard to get them out. And thankfully, it seems that... Uh, I mean, like honestly, I'm I'm surprised at how well, like for a coup, <laughs> it's, it seems like there's an amnesty of peaceful transfer. <laughs> yeah, you're right, but they're not in a rush, are they? They, they don't have to rush. They, you know, they can wait before before they start rounding up all the people. I'm sure they're list takers, ever. They've got all the signs of list makers. I'm sure yeah. they've got lists of everybody that they want to round up. They just they just got plenty of time. They're yeah. not in a, they're not in a rush ever. But it, I mean, it's not like Iran <laughs> in, in '79. They like they didn't come in, uh, kill the Ayatollah, and then like hold everybody hostage. They're letting everybody get out. Um, yeah, but, yeah. There you go. So. What do you reckon, Tom? <sighs> what do I reckon? <laughs> I reckon when I was reading this story, I was like, "Why?" Well, I, 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 um. I'm, what am I doing on this show? That's what you were thinking, wasn't it? I'm afraid. It's like, <laughs> um, I you know, look, I uh, appreciate your preamble to the show. I was in Desert Storm, and so, you know, way predated Afghanistan, but 
I got a lot of buddies that were in Afghanistan and, um, you know, I, they're, you know, having a hard time now. And so I appreciate the, the sort of preamble to that. Um, going back to the actual story though, you know, the one thing that struck me is, um, look, I, I, don't know if I agree Twitter's the voice of the people because they've definitely blocked a bunch of people in the U.S. Um, based on political views. But uh, I do think what's interesting about this is Facebook and and some of the other groups took this very, like, you know, easy way out, which is they're on the sanction list. It's, you know, we they're clearly we're not going to support them, right? So I do um, – it's interesting, you know, I – kind of felt like, yeah, I, I could agree with Facebook on that as a business owner. It's like, you know, you don't want to get the U.S. government, you know, come to your door. But um, on the other side, I definitely think there is well, a... Actually, I'm, sorry to interrupt, I'm sorry to interrupt, Tom. It could be worse. You could have automatic on your door. That's true, yeah. <laughs> They're nonprofit knocking, which, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I do agree, it is the, it is a mechanism for people to communicate and and that that's the cool thing about Twitter is that when all of these government uprisings occur, people take to Twitter and it's like direct this unfiltered on the ground things that are happening. And so I'm I'm in some ways thankful that Twitter is not blocking things, but um, because I want to get that that news. But you know, hey, look, we got a terrorist organization that just took control of a country, so. Um, in pretty short order. I mean, there's probably a lot of questions we're going to be asking ourselves about ramifications of this in the next, in the future, you know, and in hindsight. Okay, sure. What do you reckon, Andrew? You're muted. It's very hard to separate the dissenting voices from the assenting voices, if that's the right word. Um, there's nothing positive about what's ha what's happened in no, Afghanistan no. over the last 25 years. Nothing positive at all. No, no. And we as a world have kind of ignored it. Um, it's a sensitive subject because the um, Taliban are religious driven. So that kind of puts them in a, in a, a block. Um, we have religious fanatics all around the world, Christians, Muslims, whatever their doctrine on the way they treat women and say women are allowed to go to work is <laughs> alien to me and it must be alien to to heather as a as a as a female on this planet and it's it's astounding to me that people like this in the 21st century exist so to stop them voicing their opinion the problem is is when people voice a dissenting opinion against or for that Facebook just blows up and Twitter Twitter blows up and it starts to become a war of words and keyboard warriors and people threatening people and stuff like that. So as a if I owned Facebook, I think I would have, as the business person that owns Facebook, I would have made the same decision. Twitter is 140 characters and they they still do, like Tom said. They still they still ban people. You know, we know a very famous former president that was banned from Twitter. So they have the power to ban anybody and to block anybody. And they've obviously taken a decision to let 
both the dissenting and the assenting voices speak out. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it, apart from I don't agree with the the methodology of America and the United Kingdom withdrawing and almost ignoring the issue of a of a coup happening. Uh, I don't like the fact that there are women and children and um, special needs people who are going to be suffering because of this coup. Um, and and there is there is literally nothing I can do about it because the US, the United Nations have spent trillions of dollars trying to sort this country out. And if they if that can't work, you know, but I, I don't want to I don't want to go into a big fest about because this is a tech program. But the yeah. idea that there was an Afghanistan, a real country, was a total lie from beginning to end. There never was a unified, there never was a country. So the idea that we were country building and that was a total lie from beginning to end because it never existed in the first place. Um, Over to you, Spencer, what do you reckon? Well, I'll only comment to say that we seem to have a lot of history repeating ourselves in modern American culture and the difference is social media. But like, if you look to 1968 to 1975, it's like fricking deja vu we're going through. It really is, isn't it? So all I want to say is that the difference then was it was major three news sources that reported on stuff and it was a certain Walter Cronkite and so on and so forth. This is the news. Good night. Now you have these social media things. I think it's very difficult to sort the wheat from the chaff of who's legitimately on which side in social media. And I mean, I won't say more about, I'm not going to comment at all about the politics of this, but other than to say, it's really hard to say I'm banning this person and not that person, because I don't think anybody at Twitter really understands the nuances of what goes on inside of Afghanistan for an Afghanistani person, especially, you know, it's bad enough in the U S they can't sort out red versus blue of Americans. How the hell are we going to figure out like what's the nuance of somebody who's like legitimately for whoever's good on this side versus not good on that side in Afghanistan? It's ridiculous. All right, we're going to go for our break. Thanks, panel. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. 
WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. We had a good couple of stories. Anyway, I, want to, I want to put in a hope that we make it to the Gutenberg block story. And that's like the last story, but I hope we make it to that at some point. Well, is that, are you telling me to get on with it? No, I'm not rushing it because we have plenty of time. <laughs> I'm saying that we don't often get to the fifth story or whatever, but that's a good story. Well, uh, they're always up to the panel, isn't it? But yeah, well, I'll keep on going. Heather will probably have to drop out, but we can keep going. Um, feel free, Heather. I understand you're a busy lady. Uh, um, oh, before we go into the story, you just listened to a promo for Launch Flow. Spence has been extremely generous and given a special deal to the tribe. So if you go over to WP Tonic Backstrike newsletter, sign up for the newsletter, you'll be able to see, you'll get a whacking big discount of his lifetime um, plan. And uh, thanks, Spencer. It's much appreciated your support. One third off. Yeah, it's a fantastic deal. Thank you so much. At least two thirds. Yes, I know. I can count sometimes. There we go. Uh, um, off on to the next one. Funding um, buyback and hiring. The great words from the great leader. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> ugh, ugh. Uh, um, what do you reckon, Tom? Well, uh, so if we rewind a little bit, November 2019, Salesforce invested in Automatic. I think they put them at a three and a half, 3.1 billion, 3.4 billion valuation. So fast forward to now, not even two years later, they've doubled in size uh, to seven and a half billion dollars. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is, I, I think this is, and by the way, I did a little calculation here on this. So You didn't, Tom. You didn't. <laughs> this is what I like to do in my spare time. So, you know, there's an estimate out there. There's somewhere around $150 million in revenue. And uh, basically, that would put them at about, thir- at, I think, 42 times earnings as a valuation. So when we're thinking about them going public and what their future stock might might do. Um, it's interesting because uh, the uh, Bessemer, who's a really big venture capital firm in the Bay Area, just released their Cloud 100, where they look at all these big cloud companies. And the average multiple there is 34 times. And uh, definitely WordPress is in the uh, category of companies that are going to be like outperforming. You look at Fastly and Cloudflare, those guys are all in the north of 40 times revenue earnings um, last that I had checked. So this is a great segment. It's going to be great. I loved how, I mean, there was absolutely an altruistic spin to it. Like we're buying this back so we can offer liquidity to our employees who've been with us. All that stuff's great. I look at it more from the, there was a comment he said that they thought he's very optimistic about the future of WordPress and the future growth that they're hitting. So, and he called out particularly WooCommerce, Payments, and WP VIP. And he said that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. And what yeah. did they want to raise this money for? Scaling so they could capture the opportunity. So all of that tells me as a WordPress business person, it's a great time to be in the WordPress space. And when WP Engine 
And now Pantheon, because you might have covered this in a prior one, Pantheon just took a round of funding from SoftBank, which put them you know, at a massive valuation. And you look at Automatic all having IPOs in the future, next, you know, maybe two to five years, it, this market's going to just get super hot. Yeah. What do you reckon, Heather? What do you reckon about the words from the great leader? Um, I think that uh, this is just a normal thing. I mean, it's it's good that they have the the funding round that's closed and they're, I mean, they're just going to keep growing. Um it's one thing that that you have to keep in mind when a company stays private uh, is that it doesn't give the investors a, a chance to exit. So um, at some point they they're going to want that liquidity uh, option. They're going to they're they're going to want to push for a way to uh, get their money out. So that's why you're going to be seeing all of these improvements uh, and and look for that filing to be coming probably within the next two years, I would say, uh, based on all of the the stuff that, that's going on. But I mean, doing, doing the buyback, doing um, like doing all this hiring, growing like they are, um, they're either they're either going to stay private and come up with new ways to, to give investors the money back or um, they're, they're going to have a liquidity event soon. Yeah, I think liquidity event is pretty obvious to me. What do you reckon, Andrew? Yeah, I, 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 the last thing that Heather said is that the the buyback is quite a clever move because it kind of uh, portends towards what they, they've got two options. They've got IPO or buyback. So another big investor, say an independent investor with a couple of billion dollars, I can't can't remember his name, Bezos, is that somebody, somebody like that might come in and say, listen, I'll give you $2 billion. You can buy out the, the guys. There's their profit on it and we'll still remain private. Um, what the, the interesting thing is, is that, so they've, they've raised 288 million, 300 million off Salesforce, 1.1 million when, when one of the first investments. And Matt still has 100% control. It's just amazing. By proxy. It's an amazing. You've got, got to give him full marks for this spider web. Well, an IPO would, would necessarily there, not allow him to have that 100% say. Be a publicly traded company with a board of directors. Um, so an IPO, if they do do an IPO, I think and mark this date down, if they do do an IPO, Matt Mullenweg will leave. Because well, it's the end of the he, journey. No, Matt, Matt, well, he, he won't have control. He won't have control. He's a control freak, like yeah, all of us. At, look, but look at Facebook. They've gone public, and that dickhead still runs everything. No, he really? doesn't. He has a board of directors that he's, that he's appropriated to. He's got a CEO, a chief exec, and whatever they are. He, Mark, Zuckerberg yeah, doesn't, doesn't have he, total control. He doesn't. He simply doesn't. He can't. He's against the law. The purpose of any company is... I love that. I love like, law. The purpose of any business is to make money. The purpose of a public business is to make money for your shareholders. Exactly. Yeah, so if if, if the shareholders disagree with um, what the chief, chief exec is doing, they, they, they'll oust him. It's that, it's that simple. Well, if they're not making money, as long as they keep... Um, over to you, Spence, what do you reckon? Well, I've personally applied for Matt's uh, offer to join him as head of creative talent development 
Yeah, that, that's uh, bound to happen, isn't it? Because I think we will work very well together, him and I. I think we see yeah, eye to eye. That's a dream I team. Can, that's a dream team I can see, yeah. You know, the only thing I could comment that's, I, I've agreed with everything everyone's said in this, is that it's interesting because the money that has been taken in has not been used to solve the problems that exist. It has been used to essentially remove equity from outside people so that it is more easily possible in the future, in my opinion, to dictate where and to whom this gets sold and for how much. Because anybody wants to go back and watch, you know, Gordon Gecko's moves in Wall Street can see that when there's shares in the hands of outside people, if they ended up in the control of somebody else as a block, there could be some influence on what happens, even though Andrew's point is well taken. It's just the fact that they're equity holders. In this particular case, I foresee a situation where they continue to consolidate, get all of those public treasury shares back under one you know, block, and then somebody else buys it. And yeah, I do think Matt will probably lose control because quite frankly, with that much invested, those other people aren't going to let Matt run it. That's what's going to come down to. They're fine with him running it now because they see this as a vehicle that he's the figurehead for that, quite frankly, the things we talked about earlier are indicative of them really telling him what to do. Them telling him, this is how it's going to be because we gave you the money. And I mean, it's not like they're evil. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're capitalists and investors. But let's not confuse that with the public figurehead statements of like, this is all peace and love and, you know, granola and let's have our tie-dye shirts and twirl dance. This is just a bunch of heavyweight capitalists trying to get this vehicle that has all I got All I've got to say is good luck to him trying to make sense of all I, this. I, I, I want to jump on Tom's sentiments, which I think he said, because he and I have talked about this privately. I could not be more happy because the one thing that is different about this market than anything else I've seen, including when I lived through the Microsoft and I lived through other licensing things, open source, live and die by the sword, open source. So I hope that this thing has a trillion dollar market cap because then I'll be one of those guys with a megaphone causing trouble after 16 years at the top of a trillion dollar market. Where else do I get an opportunity to cause that much trouble? It's going to be you and Jonathan. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, for real. Like, think about it. Like, nobody could go into, you know, Balmer's backyard and like start yelling at him in his bedroom. But here it's open source software. There's a legitimate problem that Automatic has that the code is not theirs. I don't think it's impossible that one day they're going to claim it's theirs and try to copyright it. But until that day, it's not theirs. Think about it. Let's make this thing a $100 trillion software market. That would be awesome yeah. for all of us. Right, let's get on to story uh, for, uh, Mc is it Mackenzie Scott? Money bombs are single-handedly reshaping. You liked this. You suggested this story, Spencer. What did you like about it? I think it demonstrates that there is a yin-yang, good and bad in everyone. There is good and bad in everyone. Um Mackenzie, I don't know anything about her other than her actions have spoken much louder than any words as well as the actions of her former spouse. The fact that she is out there just throwing money at good causes is the way I think the world should work. When you've got more money than you could ever spend in 100 lifetimes, your sole focus should be to set up a way to spend it all on good causes. And there are other people like her. There was one guy, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, who literally 
he was famous. He had maybe a hundred million dollars, but he's like 90 now. And he's down to like his last 50 grand, literally. But he's such a guy because there's more decency in one of her toes than the whole of her ex. I mean, it's not a moral judgment about the billionaire because he's still playing the game. But I am saying there's people who are clearly old as fuck who will never spend their money and they're going to pass it through some tax laundry mechanism. She's clearly understanding the concept of what the money can do. Well, here's the interesting thing about this. And I love the Dr. Evil comment I think Spencer made earlier because when you look at the amount of money... He is, isn't he? He's like a cameo. He's like doing a cameo for Bond film. Look at the amount of money she's got. And it's like, and you know, she's giving away like X amount of money and like his balance is still like three times that, you know? And it's like, uh, what is he doing? You know, like, I mean, she's just making him look bad at this point. Well, it doesn't take a lot of work, maybe, does it? It doesn't take a lot of work. mansion on Mars or something. I don't know. It doesn't take a lot of effort to make that that mad, crazy fucker look bad, does it? You know, I mean, they, they, cal- they calculated with somebody of her wealth or somebody of these other billionaires' wealth, that, like him too. They can give away something on the magnitude of like $100 million per person and still have more money than anybody else in the world. You know, I mean, it was such an ungodly amount of money that could be given away that it's boggling that we're still sitting here worrying about how we're going to have fresh I know water. Bezos. I, know, I know something you could do. I know, Bezos. I know something you could do. Instead of wasting that freaking money on a, a jolly trip to space, why don't you help the women and children of Afghanistan? That's you the point. fucker, you both. fucker. Why don't you do something decent? I mean, for once? he could do both. That's the pro- that's the point that she's <laughs> demonstrating with her actions. She is never going to want for anything monetarily, and she understands the concept of not trying to get attention. She's apparently they had to search to figure out what she had done with the money, but they know that like people are getting like like a brown paper wrapper in the mail with fifteen million dollars, and they think it's a joke because it's like literally. <laughs> That's how she's yeah. doing it. And that's awesome. I love, by the way, well, if anybody can get me her email, if she's on like Hinge or Bumble or anything. Well, she's a good looking, looking, she's a good looking woman. That's yeah, for sure. And she's, and she's got a good her heart. altruism is very appealing to me now. As yeah, a man. Well, there you go. Bernard Arnold. Bernard yeah. Arnold. Do you know who he is? Who? who? Bernard Arnold. No. His net worth is 173.2 billion. And uh, he's he's the head of LVMH brands, so Bacardi, lots oh, of the richest man that. in the world now. Yeah, right. No, third, third richest. Elon Musk is second. So we don't we never kind of criticize Elon, and he's he's in, he's got you know he owns uh, open source stuff and stuff like that. He doesn't give away a lot. Is it is it the simple fact that these men want to keep all their money? And people like Melinda Gates gives away a lot of money and she actually directs where the money goes. And then all of a sudden, Mrs. X Bezos gives away a few billion. Is it because men are a little bit greedy? Do I don't know. Let's ask Heather. Do you think do you think women have got a slightly different attitude to it? To giving away money to donate? No, this whole when they become billionaires, they see Melinda and uh, um and McKin- you know they seem to have a more generous attitude, or is it that they they've just been they've just got the money? You know, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Is there a big difference in? It seems to be a different attitude to the well, way they act. Let's do a poll of the five of us. How many of you run nonprofits here? 
What was the question? I said, I said, how many of you like have a nonprofit? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't make any profit. I don't yeah. make, I mean, WordPress, dear. I don't make any profit. I no. think I, I think it's been proven psychologically because there is a component to. I, I do have I do have a psych degree, but that I never used it. But they said that there is a maternalistic difference, which is why women make and would make better politicians. The world was entirely run like the the play Lysistrata or something then the world would be so much better because men do have like an ego problem, a penis size problem, a, a like a jealousy problem. And that's expressed itself throughout history. Whereas there's more of a maternalistic or a, uh, like an altruistic nature. And it's demonstrated by things like this. And politics- I, think, I, personally, I, I think personally, it's more that we in everything from work to community to Everything we need to revigorize democracy. It is the bleaching agent oh, yeah. to, to stop psychopaths and monsters becoming our leadership. From top to bottom, we need a rejuvenization of democracy in this country and in Britain. But there you go. Um, so one thing I want to one thing I want to mention on that real quick. So. You know, I think one of the things too is, and I, this is total speculation. Okay, so don't no one flame me over not knowing what I'm saying. But uh, you well, know, never stop me. The, the her, you know, Bezos's entire life and focus has been building this massive behemoth, right, of a company, <clears throat> and it's like. She's probably, now that she's separated from him, thinking, like, what's my life and focus going to be? And I have all these resources. What am I passionate about? So I do think there's probably some, you know, opportunistic, like, circumstantial drive to her going, I got to do something with this money because, you know, I can't just sit here. I'm not, there's more than, to your point, than I can use. And Bezos is still trying to, like, you know, go to yeah, Mars. Tom, all Tom, these things. He probably thinks. Yeah. He needs that. Yeah, but Tom, it's just, you know, it's his freaking money in a way. I, I, I don't want to say this, but when he came back off that jolly, that rocket jolly of his, and he came back and he said, look, he said, thank you, customers and staff. The fucking staff have to piss in a bottle. Uh, um, your work has helped me on my jolly. I thought, go and fuck yourself. Just go it's and fuck it. So Just go and fuck yourself, mate. Piss on your shoes, mate. You know, just go and fuck yourself, you know. Right, uh, but, <laughs> but there we go. So the point is, the- is that if you've got some cash, don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I donate a year, but I, def- I, I it's in the thousands. But that's not something that I, I publicise. The people who I donate to understand that I donate to them. But the, the point is... I've always shared my wealth, my my profits. I've always done it. I've never not done it, right? So, you know, whether that's through um, um, pro bono coaching, whether that's through doing something, whether that's through organizing a marquee for a autistic school, which we did the other month, you know, that, that's the kind of things that everybody does and doesn't necessarily demonstrate that they do it. We don't know what Jeff Bezos does with his money. We don't actually know for a fact no, that he, do. he goes on rocket jo- he goes on rocket jo- jo- no, we don't know that he hasn't got a secret foundation. We don't know. 
you know. So we got to be very careful about this and and who we slag off and who he doesn't strike me as the on our shoes. He doesn't strike me as the generous type, put it that way. On to the next story. A discussion with Gutenberg Project leads uh, major venues to... Oh, God. Shall I go on to story Matthias. six? Um, what shall I do? Um, yeah, this uh, Facebook... Yeah, let's do six, uh, five. Yeah, let's keep on. A discussion with Gutenberg Project lead Matteo Vatura on the barrier to entry. Sorry, yeah, I butchered it, Spencer, but there we go. Thank I think the you. listeners, the tribe, have got used to my that butchery. Is always worth, that is worth the price of attending the show anyway. When yeah, you my butchery a, of people's when names. When you get a name with a hyphen in it or a tilde or something, that's just Yeah, well, I suffer with dyslexia. There could be worse things, <laughs> couldn't there? Um, so, so you, you, you started okay, so off. I, I want to elaborate on this because I won't geek out too much, but I want to make this clear. Um, I have committed myself in the notion that it's going to be Gutenberg first. However, there's layers of things that existed that have become very easy for a PHP, HTML, old school person to do from like the WordPress template hierarchy system or the notion of like tweaking through a child theme a template. What I have discovered, and this this is why I like the story because it emphasizes, is that somewhere, somehow, somebody made a decision that at the level of the editor and now extending all the way forward into what might be the templating system is going to be a new mechanism that is not just what you see is what you get PHP and HTML and CSS anymore, but rather uses React. And React is an entire layer that you can't get your head around until you learn that from scratch. So when you want to make changes, even at the block level, you need to understand that there's like a separation between what's shown on the front and what you build on the back. And you have to build these components and the components have to talk in a certain way. Whereas with PHP and HTML, you could really hack your way through it. You could see on the front and then you could like relate it back to the template file in the single PHP and you could kind of go, oh, I see how this works. I found it very, very frustrating and the comments reflected this that somebody in my position who otherwise feels very comfortable, like I can go in and do anything in two seconds, wants desperately to use this, but there's two big problems right now. One, there's no intermediary tool such as a generator for blocks or a generator for templates or a generator for even patterns. And number two, there's no examples or samples in any documentation, and the, sam- and the documentation that exists is often wrong and evolving and changing. So we're in this like, oh my God, I so desperately want this to work and I want to contribute, but I can't make any momentum because they keep moving it and it's not documented and you have to be a high-level competent React person to even make headway on it. So I've been forced to kind of after three days I'm still going with Gutenberg, but I've had to like sit back and go, well, I guess I'm just going to have to use patterns for now and hire somebody because this is going to be a significant change from what used to be for when people could just dive in, roll up their shirt sleeves and like start working on WordPress code. Well, it's the the middle. It's like it's diversion. It actually makes a certain level changes through the editor, much easier. And, but the, it's the, the middle. Tools exist, yes. It's but the I'm middle. Talking about, it's the, the, 
I'm talking about building the tools and templates. Yes. It's the middle part that's been made extremely difficult, and it was the middle part that attracted um, the implementers, the kind of people that, you know, weren't, didn't go to university to do a computer science degree, but they, you know, which were the founders, the real mechanism that grew WordPress. Um, Heather, what did you think of this one? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll I'll see what I see. I mean, I, I honestly, it's. I mean, the people that are using the the, the blocks editors on my team. Uh, aren't going to be like doing anything really uh, complex. And um, so, I mean, this doesn't really like this, this isn't really important yeah. news to me. Aren't you getting all self hated and, you know, the prospect of having to learn React from top well, to bottom? Heather's <laughs> point, by the way, is I want to clarify her point <laughs> is legitimate. Like the end user who will use the blocks, this has nothing to do with. This has to do with somebody who is like Justin Tadlock used to be, or I used to be, where it's like, I, I see something that exists and there's a need to fill in the market and I want to build it. Not just for like the website front end, but le- literally as a tool is WordPress. You used to be able to create child themes or plugins and whatever. This adds an entire level of, of skill that you need even to begin that process. Yeah, and and for me, like, I'm I'm using like I mean if I need to build something I'm just I'm still just going to go and and code the PHP or like I will do it in React like because I know React so yeah. <laughs> one thing Heather if you need to go in the next few minutes put your recommendation in, into the Slack channel for us Heather and I will make sure do you, do you want to tell us what your recommendation is quickly Heather. Uh, so, uh, my recommendation is actually a movie this week. I suggest that everyone go out and see Free Guy because it was a breath of fresh air. It was right. amazing. So, um, definitely go see. Is it the original or the remake? Is that the Salm Hayek one? No, it's Ryan. No, Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. It is like nothing else. Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer from the UK. Um, I'm You're doing... saying they remade the Salm Hayek movie of Frida, the artist? No, Free, oh, Free Man. Oh, Sorry. It's about this guy who becomes sentient inside a video game. Got it. Got it. Cool okay. idea. It is. Yeah, I've been like that for years, Heather. You probably realize. Yeah. I need to ask realize. Heather a question. Okay, very quick. When did you start learning React? Uh, about like two years ago. About a year after Matt said learn React, right? And JS. Uh, I don't so know. So what these what what everybody hasn't done, which is as soon as I came back from that WordCamp, I said to my developers, learn React. Guess what? We know React. It's an ever-changing landscape. WordPress is an ever-changing landscape. If I didn't know how to use it, I, I literally didn't know how to, how to assign an index PHP page or the index page. And I was calling my mate all the time, going, What have you done to me? I can't stand this platform. It's horrible. Now, learn PHP. Now, learn CSS. Now, my guys, I, I haven't. My guys have learned JavaScript and React. We're building React apps now because I said to them, we got to build React apps and we got to learn the block editor and we got to yeah, learn. Yeah, I understand. I, I totally understand. So where you, I don't care uh, whether you're a freelancer or not. You got to learn stuff. Yeah, well, things, true. True. Things improve. I, things get better. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't think that was the point that Spencer was trying to make in all honestly, honestly, Andrew. Andrew, but I do, under, I do understand where you're coming from, Andrew, but it's one of those situations, and I'm going to let Tom remark about this, but both you and Spencer are right in in, in your own ways. I, but, I agree with Andrew. I'm not say, He's not saying I'm wrong either. I'm saying that there's a gap right now, whereas PHP has a history, there's mm -hmm. tools and other things as examples and samples. Right now, if you go to the documentation, the developer docs, for React, for components and stuff, which I've been studying for three days. There is not one single working sample. And furthermore, there's no contributions which are very helpful in the normal developer's guide of PHP of here's use cases of how to tweak it this way and that way. And I'm saying not that I don't want to learn it, but rather it's a like, like, a, like a Grand Canyon chasm between what you can do now with PHP, what you can do with React, unless you have some super high-level intuition. Yeah. To know what's wrong, and Matt, Matthias, Matthias acknowledges that fact. He agrees yeah, that they sure. because they they they're behind the curve on this. It's there. It's his. If he's head of React, head well, of, if it, yeah, head of, so what do you reckon? Fault. What do you reckon, Tom? Well, um, I'm going to give you what my thought was as I was reading this article, and um, it occurred to me, I, I have a group of people that I occasionally interact with, which are like almost anti WordPress. And they're like, code your own site. You Build don't mix with people and, like that. Tom, do you? And, and in addition to that, I don't know if you've been following like Wix's earning calls and all this, but all that they have this whole custom IDE and you know, all this deep, like you can, they're, they're trying to pitch with Wix as like this enterprise framework. <laughs> So take a step back at this, okay? <laughs> the vast majority of people out there building websites in WordPress are not developers. They're website project managers, assemblers, designers, creators. They're probably not developers, though. And so there's a smaller segment of that, but WordPress is building a really awesome platform to develop on. If you want to build completely custom stuff on top of WordPress, and I think this is the unsung thing because everyone that complains about WordPress that is developers, all is like, oh, all these plugins and all these themes and all these, you don't need to use any of that stuff. You can build it almost all yourself with your clean code. Oh, and use it over and over again. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's becoming a really robust platform to code totally custom stuff. And from, you know, many layers of it, as, as Spencer just uh, put out. And so I, that was kind of when I stepped back after reading that, I'm like, you know, WordPress has got to do a better job telling this story to developers. We should not be using, losing people to Webflow, Okay. We're losing people to building sites on Webflow when WordPress can do all of this awesome stuff. And you can build web apps. You know, look at the transition of WP feedback to Atarim. Atarim is now a web app that, yeah. that, that works with WordPress. It's built on React. You know, they, they, they took hold of it and said, right, this is what we're going to do. You can build so much with react and and, and oh, don't you, get me wrong because you know. because you both, both this this has been a, i'm not i'm going to drop story six and we're going into our recommendations but this has been a great ending story because all three of you you're all right and you, I, this is my personal opinion all three of you what you've said 
are all correct. It's just different. It's it's become a kind of it's a strange situation that we're finding ourselves in with this. You know, um, I'll let Spencer finish off. It, it is the future. I think Tom and they both have brilliant points. It is the future that this, as a platform, will be as easy, I'm sure, when, once the, the chasm is filled with examples and samples and, like, intermediary stuff. Like, for example, right now, my biggest issue is I, I'm not as good as Heather, maybe, but, like, I'm not good enough at React and at the same time, I don't have a lot of models to look to of somebody to teach me what is the difference between A to Z. And I have to like literally first learn the language, then read books to come back to even understand. Or what I'm doing now is I'm, I have to cry uncle and call in some help, which I accept because I understand why it's being built. But I do see as an advantage how in the future that, you know, that's why people hung around Drupal so long, even though it was a pig with lipstick. Is that all the developers? You had to use it. <laughs> the developers like, oh, we got to use Drupal because I know Drupal and I got my whole framework set up for Drupal on Laravel or something. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's what this will be, I'm sure. So yeah, it will be. Yeah, go. So let's go into our recommendations of the week, Heather. Please, um, Tom, if you want to put it in chat, and Andrew, um, Andrew will put it into the Slack channel where you can email it to me, Tom. Uh, um, and Andrew's going to make sure that these, this is all nicely formatted in the Slack channel. Uh, um, so, um, Spencer, what what is your recommendation? I've got a real weird one because I admit I got it from a Facebook ad, but I was compelled by their marketing. They got me. And as a business model, I find it's compelling. It's PLR, Papa Lima Romeo dot Mike Echo, PLR dot me. By the way, no WP is in there because it's not related to WP. Um, what they figured out is that there is a need for content that is evergreen in a million different vertical niches so that people can use it for things like lead magnets or tripwire products. So they give you the right to buy content that's useful for ebooks and, and so on and so forth that you can brand for yourself instantly and then save yourself all the misery of creating what is essentially throwaway content anyway. And as one who's made a million different free giveaways over the years, I can say that this is a pretty really valuable product. It'll cost you probably about 150 bucks for something decent. Uh, but they got 15,000 different products ready to sell, white label, young wow. label, use it. And I think it's, it's kind of like pictures and videos, you know how there's Pexels and other sites. It's the same thing for like white label, vertical niche, low level content. That, ta-da. So I have a look at that. I will. Thanks for that one. Um, Tom, Tom, what's your recommendation, Tom? So this has probably been on this thing before, but this product Jarvis is this AI writing tool. And man, I just continue to be impressed by this thing. I mean, it's not going to do it 100% for you, but it actually does it like 80, 90% for you. And that's amazing because using artificial intelligence to like auto write content for you is, so you can basically with Jarvis put in snippets of content. A great example of this is you can put in, your keyword, you can put in some information, your product information, just copy paste it and be like, write meta tags for me. And it'll write SEO optimized meta tags for your keyword. And so it's it does that. It does all sorts of different, different 
methodologies of copywriting. It can write articles. It can write paragraphs, product descriptions for Shopify uh, or WordPress, WooCommerce, whatever. Just spin up product, all sorts of product descriptions for e-commerce. It's really cool. I definitely... Check it out if you have to write a lot of content. I've got two comments. The first one for that recommendation was I thought you were going to say, my recommendation, folks, is not to be a guest on this show. And secondly, the second one is that actually Andrew's got a similar product, uh, um, um, Babble, is it not? Shush. Shush. Is it supposed to be a secret? Shush. All right. Shush. All right. There we go. Andrew, what what is your recommendation, Andrew? My God. Bloody podcast people. Then rubbish. You tell them something, you can't keep a secret. It's outrageous. Well, I thought you wanted it to be out there. No, it's not ready. Shush. All right. All right. Shush. Good Lord. (laughs) I saw that train crash happening in real time. I know. I was well, texting congratulations on your new product launch, Andrew. Gosh, what just happened? Gosh. <laughs> God's sake. So a, a podcast guy did that to me. We meant to produce <laughs> we meant to produce the 31st of August when the podcast went out. And he was so excited about it, he announced it when the podcast was recorded. It nearly <laughs> killed the product. Good lord. <laughs> you punters. I, I, I don't. I don't guarantee any professionalism on this show at all, Andrew. There we go. There we are. Come on, recover, Andrew. What's, what's your What's your recommendation, Andrew? Calm well, I'm going to recommend this. Right. If you don't interrupt me now, you got 12 seconds to not interrupt me. I am going to reckon recommend <laughs> Divi. The Divi theme. You are not allowed to interrupt me. The reason about this is because it is fantastic. I've built my business on it. Elegant Marketplace was built on Divi theme. They have come out with some new speed improvements, and they are awesome. So go and have a look at Divi. If you've been against it, or you people people who use minor other plugins, page builder plugins... Divi is where to go. It's got a lifetime deal. It's the best three hundred under three hundred dollars you'll spend for the rest well, of your life. So well, we have to we have to agree to disagree on no, that. But, uh, um, but I've got no problems with Divi. It's kept me kept me busy and my crew busy sorting out this shit. So I'm quite happy. Quite happy for them to continue. I'm quite happy about it. I'm very pro Divi. It's kept me busy over the years. Uh, um, so there we go. Uh, my recommendation is is really a, quite amazing. If you want to te- test things on um, on the Mac, on Windows, on Linux, you want to test mobile how your website's going to look on the on mobile on a tablet. Um, there are some um, add-ons for Chrome and Firefox that you can use, but this is a standalone application web browser stroke application that that's totally free, and it's Blisk Blisk B L I S K, and um, it's really fantastic, and it's totally free, and you can select which device, which size to view your prototype websites in and you you can see what they will look like um, on whatever device you're choosing. I I think it's fantastic. Please try that. Um, So I'm going to let the panel 
say their goodbyes and how you can find out more about them. Spencer, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to, Spencer? Uh, WPLaunchify.com or help at WPLaunchify.com. There you go. Tom, how can people find out more about you and your thoughts? Sure. Convesio.com and you can email me at Tom at Convesio.com directly and we're on Facebook, Twitter and uh, all the social medias. That's great. Andrew, how can people find out more about Andrew Palmer? What, me not launching products? Um, You can go to (laughs) thisisandrewpalmer.com. You can find me in the Gridpane Facebook group where we'll uh, teach you how to use a server properly. And um, that's it. And you can find me here every Friday, but I might have to resign now. Oh, come off it. It's not that bad, you bloody prat. Uh, um, so on we go. Uh, um, like your shoes. Yeah, go Get over it, Angie. Uh, um, so, uh, but... <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, we could be worse. You could have some disease, couldn't you? Uh, um, so, yeah, there we are. Um, if you really want to support the show, folks, go over and sign up for our great newsletter. Andrew's going to be writing a summary of the Friday show, plus whatever news stories. I will be adding a video to it. We'll be sending it out at the beginning of every week. So it will have all the links to all the recommendations from the panel, plus like Andrew's spin on my madness. It's going to be interesting. To sign up for that, you just go to WP Tonic Backstroke Newsletter and then sign up there. It's got all our great sponsors and other people's special offers on that page. Really like Spencer's offered with his launch throw a unique offering. Please go and sign up and join the tribe. We will be back next week with another great panel, another great stories. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 